Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. A service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Police in San Francisco say they have arrested a suspect who wanted to carry out an ISIS-inspired terrorist attack on Christmas Day. Gordon Jameson is a man's father and seemed genuinely perplexed at the news about his son as he explained to KFSN. Unreal. I, I couldn't really believe it. I didn't, under, I didn't understand it. You know what I mean? We talked about, like I told you before, we talked about it. You know, I'm a devout Christian. I, you know, I love Jesus and, you know, and we talked about the religions and stuff like that. But he never, you know, he said he was... He, you know what I mean? He just said that, you know, the, the you know, son of Christ wasn't the only begotten son. I'm saying, yes, he's the only begotten son of God. Attorney General Jeff Sessions yesterday ordered a review of the Obama administration's handling of a drug enforcement administration program targeting drug trafficking by the Iranian-backed group Hezbollah. This is SRN News. Message and data rates may apply. Hi, I'm Frank Thomas, the Big Hurt. After I left baseball... I just couldn't stay in shape like I used to. Turns out, once you hit 40, your body has less free testosterone, and that can make it harder to get into shape. So I got back into the game with Nugenics. I'm feeling stronger with a lot more energy and drive. You want to get back into shape? Get Nugenics. All you have to do is send one simple text. Frank's right. Just text RIP11 to 42424 to get a complimentary bottle of award-winning Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. Its unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testofen, a patented key ingredient clinically researched to help a man feel stronger, leaner, more energetic, and more passionate. And guys, she'll like the difference too. Nugenic samples are not available in stores. To get your complimentary bottle, text RIP11 to 42424. That's R-I-P-1-1 to 42424. When you have sleep apnea, traveling can be a real drag because you have to drag your big, bulky home CPAP device with you everywhere you go. But not anymore. Now you can travel easily and sleep comfortably anywhere thanks to Transcend, the world's very first mini CPAP. And right now, you can try Transcend absolutely risk-free for 10 restful nights. So call now, 1-800-919-2348. Our smallest and most advanced portable design ever, Transcend is as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. You can even add a battery that's as tiny as a deck of cards. Transcend is so incredibly small and light, you can easily fit it in your briefcase or purse to use anywhere you go. It's FAA compliant, too, so you can even sleep comfortably while flying. Now you can enjoy the freedom to sleep comfortably anywhere. But don't delay. To receive your 10-night in-home trial, call minicpap.com now. 1-800-919-2348. Again, that's 1-800-919-2348. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. The Wall Street Business Network is on the air. It's The King Banyan Show, live and local, covering the economy and your business. On Business 1440, now, here's King Banyan. I suggest in the strongest possible terms that you start telling us what you know. Good morning and welcome to the Christmas edition of the King Banyan Show. Let's get let's get the formalities out of the way. Merry Christmas. Hopefully you're um, hopefully you're settled in for uh, for a beautiful three day weekend. Uh, if that's true, then awesome. Glad you could be with us if you're if you're not if you're still out uh, doing your shopping driving in the car you're in luck i have tips for you today and it's not where to buy things and it's not it's not what to, it's it's got nothing to do with it although i will send out to you during the show today i will send out to you on twitter at pound kbrs our twitter handle uh pound kbrs is how you search for us uh, I will send out uh, just a recent piece that's been put out 
about how to wrap your Christmas gifts. Because as I'll tell you later in the show, wrapping really increases the pleasure of the person receiving the gift. And so this is largely a show today that, that based on some of the things I do uh, in teaching at St. Cloud State. And I know, okay, so let me get this bit out of the way too. I know people will say, but you can't talk about Christmas at a public university, can you? Well, I can and I can't. I use it as an example to talk about something that is actually more important, which when I talk about economics, one of the things I teach is about the development of economies and how initially every economy was based on on what was uh, largely just a gift exchange. I did something for you. I gave you something that you valued, and that made you better off, and you felt happier in return for that. At some time down the road, you would do a similar thing for me that would make me happier. And, And it wasn't I was giving you this in return for that. It's that I did something for you, and then later on you did something for me. All right, that's a different, it's not really a transaction per se, unless you really want to expand the definition of transaction to something broad. So I would talk to students about gift exchange economies, very primitive economies. And in the process of doing them, I would often, when I teach this course, it would normally be the fall semester that I would teach this course. It was course titled Comparative Economic Systems, and I start with primitives and then move through various stages until I reach uh, both capitalism and socialism. And I, I do the isms uh, and so on a little bit, but I don't. Uh, but I like to talk about general economies. But the very end of the semester, um, usually the last class of the semester, I would like to do, to go all the way back to gift exchange and then say, okay, many of you, and I wouldn't identify which holiday it was, I said, but many of you are... At a, at a moment in your year where the exchanging of gifts is common, so let's talk about gifts and how one goes about uh, giving away gifts. And this is very different for my students because my students normally think of economists as not being very much fun. And, I can, and I'll, we'll have an example for you here because probably the most famous story, Christmas economic story is uh, the title of a book by a, by a professor from the University of Pennsylvania named Joel Waldfogel um, called Scroogeonomics. Well, I've never liked how Scrooge gets portrayed. Right? I've never been a big fan of it. And there was a great article written uh, more than a decade ago by, by uh, Stephen Landsberg, who is... Um, one of my very favorite economists taught the University of Rochester. Um, still lives in the Rochester area. I don't think he's teaching anymore. He's still writing and, and doing research and, and being being a, a great professor. But one of the things he would always say, okay, Scrooge, about Scrooge is, let's think about what Scrooge is. Scrooge is a guy who could have, who could buy tons of things. He was rich. The way Dickens wrote about him, he, he's a rich guy. He could have had lavish parties. He could have bought lots. He could have had lots of light on. He could have the best, the best foods and so on. No, he doesn't do any such thing. He works in darkness because he doesn't want to consume candles and light. He eats gruel or porridge. Because he doesn't want to spend money on food. Now think about that. The benefit of that would be there's more food for the rest of us. Or in a market economy, when Scrooge decreases his demand for food, the price of food falls and there's more food for the rest of us. Likewise with the light. If he turns down, if he if he doesn't burn candles, the price of candles falls. The question really is is whether or not he saves the money. So, so if we take Scrooge, the Dickens character, versus uh, the Disney character Scrooge McDuck, 
we have two different types of activities that could happen. Scrooge McDuck would take his coins and stick them in a big room someplace and, and, and just hoard them and then go play with his coins. Okay, this is the, this is the caricature of a, rich man, of a rich man or rich woman. But a rich man or rich woman, Landsberg points out, who just leaves the coins under the mattress or in a room, in a, in a pr- presumably well fortified room. By not spending that money, his de- decreased demand. Now, on the other hand, Ebenezer, no dummy, and someone in the in, in the business field, right? Remember he and he and Cratchit uh, uh, and and Bob and Marley, not Bob Marley, right? Because Bob Marley, of course, is the is the is the reggae guy. So it's a funny story we tell up here in St. Cloud about that. I'll I'll set that aside. But but Marley and Marley and Scrooge, Marley and Scrooge, were business people. And so it's pretty likely that that Ebenezer Scrooge, rather than putting the money in some big building, so in some dark room in the middle of, of his home, which was cold and dark, put the money instead in a bank. Well, that's good. Because the money put in the bank increases savings. And increased savings means interest rates fall. It makes it easier for somebody else to borrow the money and put it to some productive use. Okay? Ebenezer lowers the interest rates. Scrooge McDuck lowers prices, but but each is um, helping their, their neighbors out by either making every dollar that the neighbors have stretch further with lower prices or by making interest rates lower and making it easier for them to borrow money. And so, and so, uh, as uh, as Landsberg writes, and I'm reading this. This was written back in 2004, so don't take this to be something contemporaneous. Savings is philanthropy, Landsberg writes, and because this is both the Christmas season and the season of tax reform, it's worth mentioning that the tax system should recognize as much. If there's a deduct- tax deduction for charitable giving there should be a tax deduction for saving. What you earn and don't spend is your contribution to the world, and it's equally a contribution whether you give it away or squirrel it away. Now, I love this story. I love, I love the insightfulness. Uh, Landsberg, Landsberg's first book, that well, it wasn't his first book, it was the book that made him famous, uh, The Armchair Economist. I know... I know my producer John was is a huge fan of uh, uh, Tom Sowell's Basic Economics, and I I have conversations with people frequently about about the wonders of that of Sowell's book, and I often turn them to the Armchair Economist. Before there was free economics, and before there was Basic Economics, there was Armchair, and it was Landsberg's book. It was a book I gave my dad twenty five years ago. To say, you know, if you really want to understand what it is that, that I spend time telling students about, read this. This is this is close, and this is back in the day where where I would have to go buy a book from uh, from a brick and mortar store and wrap it up and send it away, and gave it to him as a gift. Now, what is very interesting about that is is that what I wanted to do is I wanted him to understand that. This is, this is what your son does when he's talking to classes. I thought this was very, a very important thing. I didn't know whether my dad would read the book or not. I don't know that my dad, I didn't know if my dad would like the book. My dad had earned an MBA, so I knew he knew about finance and economics, just like anyone with an MBA would. But he wasn't really in a business field. By this time, he was retired. He had spent most of his life working in a, work, working in a plastics plant um, as a manager. I didn't know if, that he would like it. 
But I sent that along anyway. Now, it wasn't a Christmas gift. It wasn't even a birthday gift. I just saw it one day and I said, you know, I should just give that book to Dad. Now, luckily in my case, he liked, he read the book and he liked the book. My dad was a voracious reader. Both my parents, voracious readers. I think that's where we get it from because my brother and sister and I all have that very same trait. But that is, but I didn't know. And this is the, this is the topic for this hour. We give gifts to each other. In the old days, we gave gifts because it might be our life depended on it. If I didn't give a gift to, to the, to the strong-looking person who lived in the cave one over from me, maybe when the woolly mammoths come, that, that person uh, in the cave over from me wouldn't protect me from being devoured by the woolly mammoth. I don't know if woolly ma- mammoths... Uh, so you gave gifts. Yes, you could call them protection gifts. But that's the nature of gift exchange. If I'm successful in the hunt, I feed my neighbors so that when I'm not successful in the hunt, my neighbors might feed me. Gifts have gone a long way from that, but gifts have been around since, since primitive times. But as we've, as we've disconnected gift-giving from the very basic elements of life, we may have also moved away from knowing how it is we give gifts. I've got examples for you coming up, in particular an example from my wife's favorite show, Seinfeld. We'll be back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show. Merry Christmas from Business 1440. All around the world, for every man, woman, boy, and girl. Are you ready right now? Come on. Here we go. Oh, I like it like that. Come on. That's it. All right. Come on. Oh, Christmas presents around the world. Something mighty sweet to see. If only if I just had Present for everyone under one great big Christmas tree. For every boy that wants a brand new toy. For every Johnny that wants a car. For every Junior that wants a mobile bike. Ride and ride and ride. You have that one go-to club. The one stick in your golf bag that you know will always deliver a solid hit. Just like diamond stud earrings from Wicks & Jewelers. They're an absolute necessity for her. In one easy stop at Wicks & Jewelers, you'll find all sizes and styles of diamond stud earrings. No mall crowds, and you'll park right at the door. Diamond stud earrings from Wixens are a sure thing. Wicks & Jewelers, just off 35W at 99th and Lindale, Bloomington. Wixandjewelers.com. Open today, 9 till 6, and tomorrow, Christmas Eve, 10 a.m. till 2 p.m. What if your next vacation was more than just a vacation? How about a refreshing getaway where you can find personal renewal and form uplifting relationships with other fellow conservatives? Join Hugh Hewitt, Larry Elder, and Mike Gallagher on the 2018 Aloha Talkers Hawaii Cruise. This trip will be a great time to discuss the future of our country, all while sailing in paradise amidst the legendary Hawaiian Islands. Unlike any other cruise you've experienced, this will be one of the best times you'll ever have. We'll sail to some of the most beautiful islands in the world and see all the sights. Then at night, you'll get together with Hugh, Larry, and Mike for a lively and interactive discussion on what's going on in our country while exchanging ideas about ways to chart a fresh course for our beloved nation. The 2018 Aloha Talkers Hawaii Cruise sets sail for seven days next August 11th through the 18th. For all the details about this cruise, visit TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com or call 855-655-1335. Book your trip today. That's TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. If your tooth fell out, would you replace it? Most people would. So how is your hair any different? If you're tired of losing hair, simply replace it by going to INeedMoreHair.com. Let this be a year to make a new hair's resolution. Hi, I'm Mike Greenlee, familiar voice with Minnesota hockey fans. If you have hair loss and want more hair, go to INeedMoreHair.com. Meet the hair transplant specialists that have given patients from around the world, including some of the most prominent celebrities, a full head of hair. They can do the same for you. Here's the best part. Their technique is so advanced, the results are guaranteed in writing, and their prices are the best in the business. 
Prices as low as $3 per graft. Their office is conveniently located in Egan near 35E and Diffley Road. INeedMoreHair.com will allow you to see a more confident reflection of yourself. That's INeedMoreHair.com. The consultations are free and the results are amazing. Check out INeedMoreHair.com for complete details. That's INeedMoreHair.com. Experience you can trust. Prices you can afford. After my father passed away, I had to learn the hard way about managing money. Make sure your investments are safe with an education you can trust. At Online Trading Academy, we want you to protect your money and create a second income. Hi, this is Marty Young. Join us for a free investing class by dialing pound 250 on your cell phone and use keyword OTA. Again, pound 250 on your cell phone, keyword OTA, or go to learnwithota.com. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Christmas edition of the King Banyan Show. Merry Christmas to you. So we've dispensed with Scrooge, about whom many people just associate the word humbug, but maybe he's not a humbug. Maybe he's helping maybe he's helping to hold interest rates down and make life easier for the rest of us. And you know when he does it, it's probably better than when the Fed does it. And that's the only time I'm talking about the Fed today. So, a normal thing that we do at Christmas time is, if you're a macroeconomist as I am, okay, at least that's my training, you spend time talking about how big an effect the holiday season, Christmas and and Hanukkah and uh, other other holidays where there's gifts being exchanged, um, you see, you, you, your conversation always turns to the consumerism of that period and the fact that for most businesses, 30% for, for retailers, 30% of their sales in a year happen during this holiday season within the last five to six weeks of the year. So that's another that's that's a big part of it, and that that when I was um, when I was a baby economist, that's studying the size of that seasonal effect was a kind of a big deal. And we now are at the point where in the United States, the amount of money we spend in the holiday season has grown enough so that it's about nine. We had, people estimated they were going to spend about nine hundred dollars on average. On, on gifts for this holiday season. $900 per person. So that comes out to, that comes out to a pretty hefty number, although on average people actually spend, our guess is, less than the number that people think they do. And that's, that's part of our story today. Normally people expect that they're going to give $900, but they'll spend probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 700 to $750. So there's some overestimate. So, so this, this, began, this thought process began right at the very beginning of research in an area called behavioral economics, which is really the sort of the, the convergence of economics and psychology. I admit, psychology was not one of my best subjects, when I was in when I was in college, I struggled my way to a B that I thought was actually a generous grading of my of my rather uh, lackluster work in that class. I, I I didn't do well. I never felt felt good about it. But over time, since then, back in the seventies, I've come to realize that I probably like psychology a lot more than you would have known from that class. And one of the ways in which we, we do this and we've thought about this psychology is for the following reason. As I mentioned in the beginning segment, there was this 
there was this point on uh, there there was this um this paper written back in the 1990s i think it was actually 1993 i'm going to i'm going to i have to go grab the uh, journal and be sure i've got this right right this is 1993 in in december of that year by a guy named Joel Walfogel, who at that time was at Yale. He's now at the University of Pennsylvania, but at the time, he was at Yale University. And over lunchtime, he had devised an idea to do an experiment. And this is very in the very early days where experimental economics was happening. So what he did was he wanted to give them gifts and say, you know, say, okay, I'm going to buy you a gift, this gift... And, and he would ask them simply to write down what's the value of the gift to you. And then he would take that value and compare it to what he spent on the gift. Every gift was, was $10, uh, was the purchase cost of it. And they would compare those, and then they would say, okay, what, how, much, how much less value did that person put on it? Now, some gifts were valued more than $10, but more were valued at less. And what what Waldfogel's initial um, piece uh, piece uh, showed that approximately one third of the value was in fact lost. Now, it's it's clearly it's clearly the case, and in, it's clearly the case that people would go out and look at this experiment and say, Ah, we. Sh- we should we should uh, replicate this. We should find out if this is really true, or if this is just some weird class at Yale that uh, that uh, Professor Waldfogel had. So it had been repeated time and again. There were lots of other studies, and they all land on this very same point. If you just go out and spend ten dollars on a gift and you give it to and, and you present it to somebody, and then someone comes along, a researcher comes along and says, "Well, how much do you value that gift?" It comes in somewhere between between about ten percent and a third of the value of the gift. All right. So so that thought has been there. Has been there for a while. And and what what people believed was that this was in fact a kind of a negative trade. In a piece that was posted last year at Marginal Revenue Marginal Revolution University which is the website run by Tyler Cowan and Alex Tabarak, which, do, which uh, is actually like this ma- massive online course in economics that, if you like the other things, I, 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 I would tell you to go find Marginal Revolution University. Just Google it. You'll find it immediately. And there's full courses in a variety of, variety of areas of economics that you can take there. And they're quite detailed and they're quite good. But they posted a piece on the economics of Christmas. And they describe this negative trade, and it it goes like this. When people buy something for themselves, value is created because the buyer values the good more than it costs the seller to produce. But when people give gifts that aren't wanted, the recipient values the gifts at less than the cost. Gift-giving, it can be a kind of negative trade. Well, who's the humbug now, right? <laughs> this is the economist basically saying when you buy a gift, you're destroying value. It sounds awful, doesn't it? It absolutely does. But this thought isn't, of course, unique to, um, this isn't unique to, uh, uh, that was Tyler Cowen's voice that you heard in that one. It's actually been something that's been around for quite some time, and it's the, it's the four ways in which people spend money Okay, that was a great piece that was in uh, the original Free to Choose by Milton Friedman. And so let's play just a little clip of Milton Friedman describing this same thing. Well, you know, you can spend your own money on yourself. And when you spend your own money on yourself, you're very careful of what you spend it on, and you make sure that you get the most for your dollar. You can spend your own money on somebody else. You give gifts to other people. You take people out to dinner. And when you spend your own money on somebody else, you're very careful that you don't spend too much. You try to keep down the amount you spend. But you don't worry very much about 
what the other fellow is getting from it. You don't pay anything like as much attention to the gifts you buy for other people as to the things you buy for yourself. So that that explains, I, it, in my view, that explains why people will say they're going to spend $900 on, on gifts, you know, for the holiday season. But when they get a deal, that doesn't mean they go out and spend the rest of that $900 to buy an extra gift. They typically put that money back in their pocket instead. So this led in the 1990s to uh, Walt Fogel publishing the book Scroogeonomics. And this led to a lot of people deciding to, in fact, decide that, get, that, that giving cash maybe is the right way to go. When we come back, a pretty simple example of that from probably the number one show of the 1990s, Seinfeld, here on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Holidays come with a special brand of cheery chaos. Unless you've got a sleigh full of little helpers, there's never enough time to get everything done before friends and family arrive. Lucky for you, SelectBlinds.com makes it easy to install and score huge savings on blinds, just in time to have your home looking amazing for the holidays. Take advantage of Select Blinds Holiday Sale with unbeatable deals on custom blinds, shades, and shutters. Select Blinds makes ordering blinds online simple and easy. With products you've seen on all your favorite home improvement shows, Select Blinds Blinds.com is an interior makeover essential. Select Blinds has the most online reviews and five-star ratings on the planet. Selectblinds.com really is the simple and smart way to buy blinds. Shop the holiday sale today at Selectblinds.com for amazing deals on blind shades and shutters. Mention our show at checkout using the drop-down menu. Select Blinds. Simple, smart, custom. Selectblinds.com. Do you need to catch up on your life savings and investments? Do you know that right now we are very likely in the first year of a new bull market? William O'Neill, editor of the Investor's Business Daily and author of many great stock trading books, has said that the most money is made in the first year of a new bull market. My family has believed this and experienced it for many generations. I'm David Mitchell, founder and CEO of Tradeway. I've taught our family methods of stock trading and investing in most of the major cities around the nation for many years with the goal of having many of our clients trade for a living. You don't have to do that unless you want to fire your boss, but wouldn't it be great to take the confusing world of investing and find it understandable, even simple and fun? That is what can happen when you attend a Tradeway event called Step 1, Start Your Journey. You'll learn how the stock market works, how to spot patterns, how to know when to buy and sell a stock, how to even know how to pick your own stocks, and when it might be better to stay in cash. You'll leave the event more confident in your family's financial future and secure in Tradeway's ability to support you along the way. You can bring your entire family for only $99.95. Plus, you'll receive an extra ticket to bring a friend. And at the end of the two days, if you don't love it, you can get your money back. doesn't get better than that. So come take your first step to financial freedom and attend our live two-day event called Step 1, Start Your Journey. Coming to the Sheraton Bloomington, January 26th and 27th. Only $99.95 for your entire household, plus a free ticket for a friend and a full money-back guarantee. To register, call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-8723. Or go to Tradeway.com. That's Tradeway.com.
One of my favorites. Thank you. How do we make Christmas something special this year? You're listening to the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. And chances are you've already had this issue where you tried to give cash as a gift. It didn't, you know. And if you argued with them, but I read Professor Waldfogel's paper, and it says if I don't give you cash, I'm wasting money. It's not a good thing for me to give you something else. That's, that's where we are in the story right now. As I said, this paper came out in uh, December of 1993 in American Economic Review, which, is the, which at the time was the only uh, major journal published by the American Economic Association to which everybody, every economist in the United States, including me, pretty much all of us belong to. And we all read. And so we are all influenced by this. And lots of papers came out and said the same thing. Well, the story uh, shows up in The Economist and in The Wall Street Journal because it was a novel paper um, and something that people could relate to and debate and so on. And it shows up pretty early on in in the second season of Seinfeld. Um, So let me set this up for you. Um, Seinfeld, okay, so Jerry and Elaine, two of the big characters. And if you're listening to this show and you don't know who Seinfeld is, well, you probably don't get two-thirds of my my cultural references. <laughs> You've probably stopped listening to the show by now. But <laughs> I think I think it's uh, I, I think it's safe to say. Okay, so Jerry, Jerry is a Jerry and Elaine are 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 longtime friends. And at the beginning of the show, they decide they might want to be more than friends. And so they're trying to figure out how the relationship's going to work. And some of this, some of this is um, more in the PG-13 area, so I'm going to skip that part. Um, but let's just say that they're in that middle where they don't want to give up the friendship and they're kind of afraid to make a commitment to to a romantic relationship. And so they're in that period of trying to work this thing out. And so, and if you want to, if you want to see the show, I believe it's, I believe the title of the show is simply the deal. It's in the second season. It's, it's early in, in the Seinfeld. uh, So, um, so they, so it's Elaine's birthday and Jerry needs to figure out what to get for a gift. He wants to give her a gift. He wants it to be me. He wants to, he wants to make sure it's something that she'll really value. But on the other hand, he's still trying to make sure that this is a friendship thing and not a, not a romantic thing. So play the first Seinfeld clip, please. Maybe you won't like it. Oh, how could I not like it? Of course I like it. You could not like it. Just the fact that you remembered means everything. Of course I remembered. It reminded me every day for two months. <laughs> oh, the card. <laughs> cash? What do you think? You got me cash? Well, that's right. You can go out and get yourself whatever you want. No good? Or are you my uncle? Have you ever gotten a gift from an uncle that wasn't cash? And if you got a gift from an uncle that wasn't cash, was it a gift you really liked? So it's it, there's a lot of things at play in this, okay? But it needs that setup. So he's so she's clearly disappointed by receiving cash, and yet we've just read a paper in which we we understand that it's it's uh, an efficient way to give gifts is to give them cash, right? So so we have to give. So we're going to give the cash bit instead, and that and so when she says, "Are you my uncle?" What she's really saying is, "Don't you know who I am? Don't you don't you know what I'm interested in?" Right. Meanwhile, Jerry's thinking to himself, "I you know I just wanted to give you something that was really efficient. You can go get yourself whatever you want. Cash works everywhere." 
right? It's why men men like to pay with cash and women prefer to pay with checks because men go like, hey, cash. You know, there's a, there's another famous Seinfeld bit where he talks about writing a check in a in a, in, in a line. It's acting like, hey, I'm going to write on a piece of paper. Will you take this as payment? And, and finds it remarkable. So it's just, it's that same thought process. Cash, it works everywhere. Or as one of my very best friends when I was in grad school, you say, hey, cash offends no one. Well, no. Elaine seems to be rather offended by this. It's difficult to give an efficient gift. Okay? It's, it's you know, and uh, so reading a piece that came out, and I will, I, I, I'm tweeting various pieces to you as we go through the show today. Um, one piece that was written by Tim Harford just, uh, just a few weeks ago in the Financial Times. The efficient presence hypothesis, right? The efficient presence hypothesis works with me, right? The efficient presence hypothesis says most suitable gifts have already been purchased, typically by the recipients who've decided to treat themselves. Okay? Um, he writes, and this happens with me, and it, it's happened with me, where I have gone out and bought a gift for some for somebody, like my wife or my daughter, only to find that they've already bought that very same thing for themselves. Right? I typically I typically set aside one or two things every year, and I say, or, or I've set this, these aside for all time. I say, I do not buy myself these things. These are the things you can buy me. I do not buy my own socks, and I do not buy it. My I do not buy my own neckties. I will wear just about anything for socks. I will wear just about anything for a necktie. I appreciate them all. You have to be comfortable with the fact that when I receive new ties and new socks, I throw away the old ones, or if they're in good enough shape, I send them off to the Salvation Army store. Right, but that's the way that's the way this works for me. As if to as, as if to make the point home, drive the point home that she's upset about receiving the gift. Kramer walks in to Jerry and Elaine's. Uh, it's not a gift exchange because it's just Elaine's birthday, and this is a birthday gift, not a Christmas gift, but it equally applies. Let's play clip number two, please. Hey. Oh. Elaine, I'm glad you're here. Stay, stay right here. I'm, I'm going to be right back. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what is this? Yeah. You got me something? Yeah, yeah, open. Oh, this. Kramer. Great. You remember when we were standing there and she mentioned it? I made a mental note of it. Well, goody for you. Oh, see, I'm very sensitive about that. So he's very sensitive about that, which is which is probably the funniest line in the whole routine. Um, by the way, do John, are you a Seinfeld fan at all? Yeah, I enjoy Seinfeld. I haven't seen every single episode, but I enjoy it. Okay. Well, unlike my wife. Who's, who, as I say, who watches them it? all. She can, yeah, she can recite them. It's just in the same way. I'm an idiot. I can recite Star Trek original series. You can, you know, it's one of those. You're you a know, tricky, huh? Do you, do you remember the? Do you remember the the game that named that tune? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've heard. I've okay, heard where they would tune. you would bid you would bid down the number of notes you they describe a song for you, not naming it or the artist, but they would describe it. And then, and then someone would say, I can name that song in seven notes, six notes, five notes. And they bit themselves all the way down, maybe even to one note. <laughs> um, well, I'm that way with Star Trek. I can name that show, I can name that show in one sentence. Um, you can play one, if you play the first sentence of any show, I can tell you which season, the title of the show, and maybe the special guest. That's a remarkable gift. Is that a gift? It's not a gift. It's, it's a skill it's, acquired. It's, it, no, it's it's a youth wasted. Is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, anyway, um, so Kramer has observed Elaine admiring a bench, and he goes and buys the bench, and it's what she wants. I don't know that this works all the time. 
I have walked with my wife through stores, which I find, which I find, I admit, and she knows it, so I'm okay saying this on the air. I find it a painful process. I find shopping generally a painful process, which is why I never want to go buy socks and ties. But she will often say, and she'll look at something, she says, I like this, and then she'll spin on a heel and look at me and say, but don't buy me this for Christmas. Because I would be provoked, just like Kramer, if I saw my wife like something that I thought I would want, I should buy it for her. And her answer is, just because I looked at it doesn't mean I really want to own it, so don't make a plan from that. Kramer has, in fact, made a leap. We looked at this, we liked it, therefore I want it in my home. I have no idea if the bench is going to fit in Elaine's apartment. I don't know how it's going to be used. And my guess is Kramer doesn't either. But what I do know is he went ahead and bought it. And so now, and now that's fine. And so as if to drive the point home, here's one more clip from Seinfeld. So what'd you get? 182 bucks. Cash? You've got to be kidding. What kind of gift is that? That's like something her uncle would give her. Think where man's glory most begins and ends. And say my glory was I had such a friend. Gates. So he's driven home the driven home the point, right? And this is the common point that we should be thinking hard about gifts and we should be trying to make sure they're really personal and special to them. All right. I will tell you this. I I will argue that much in the same way as we're terrible at picking investments over time, we're also pretty bad at picking gifts. And I have some evidence to that effect. But there's hope. There's a way to get gifts in a way that isn't, in fact, uh, uh, in a way that might actually make your, your, your family member, your partner, your loved one uh, happier. And we're going to give you all those, too, here on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Dad, Granddad, let's, let's make Christmas. Let's make it a beautiful, a lovable, enjoyable Christmas now, now, now. That's a violin play. Business 1440 is KYCR Golden Valley. Message and data rates may apply. Hi, I'm Frank Thomas, the Big Hurt. After I left baseball, I just couldn't stay in shape like I used to. Turns out, once you hit 40, your body has less free testosterone, and that can make it harder to get into shape. So I got back into the game with Nugenics. I'm feeling stronger with a lot more energy and drive. You want to get back into shape? Get Nugenics. All you have to do is send one simple text. Frank's right. Just text RIP11 to 42424 to get a complimentary bottle of award-winning Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. Its unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testofen, a patented key ingredient clinically researched to help a man feel stronger, leaner, more energetic, and more passionate. And guys, she'll like the difference too. Nugenic samples are not available in stores. To get your complimentary bottle, text RIP11 to 42424. That's R-I-P-1-1 to 42424. This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. Everyone knows about George Frederick Handel, but few remember Charles Jennings. But it was Jennings who wrote and conceived the idea of the Messiah, the massive oratorio that is performed thousands of times worldwide at Christmas. Jennings wrote the libretto, that is the text of the Messiah, tying together the Bible's central story, God's salvation of his people through the work of the Messiah, 
he used the very words of the Bible for his text. Jennings had a purpose in his project, and that was to remind his audience of the truth and power of the story of salvation, and thus his attention to the birth of Christ. In just 21 days, Handel put the words to majestic music. For unto us a child is born. That is the prophet's declaration of God's great gift to us at Christmas. It is the reason for the unspeakable joy Christians know at Christmas. Merry Christmas from the Salem Radio family. I'm Albert Moeller. Learn more at townhallreview.com. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all, the few, the proud, the Marines. The gift exchange edition, Christmas edition of the King Banyan Show here on Business 1440. Thank you for listening, those of you uh, who are who are following along and giving advice on, on Twitter on gift giving. I appreciate that very much. Uh, hopefully listeners just go to Pound KBRS and you can get that kind of information. Um, one of the things that happens in gift giving, as we saw here, was, was here was... Here was Jerry giving money to Elaine. He is trying really, really hard to make sure it's efficient. And he actually doesn't want it to be something emotional. Think about all those gifts that you see of jewelry that get advertised at this time of the year. All right, are we really spending a lot of time looking at the price looking at how much diamond we're buying for the dollar? No. What they sell is the look, usually on a woman's face, receiving jewelry from a man. Okay? That's usually what we have here. So, the way economists initially think about this, and what I think made Walfogel's initial experiment a bit flawed, was that the gift happens among strangers. Let me have, let me have it explained to you from that video that, uh, that uh, Tyler Cowan and, and Alex Tabarak put up at, at Marginal Revolution University, when, where they discuss the two problems in gift-giving as being one of knowledge and one of information. But I see two problems with gift-giving, the incentive problem and the knowledge problem. When people buy things for themselves... Well, they've got good incentives to choose carefully, and they have good knowledge about their own preferences. But when people give gifts, they have less incentive to choose carefully and less knowledge about what the other person would truly want. So, that's that's so the, the what solves the problem in the Seinfeld story is that for Kramer, who doesn't know Elaine altogether that well is that they have to be walking together. He sees her admire a bench. He goes back to the store and buys the bench. What is he actually promoting? Is he promoting the bench? He's pro- or is he promoting, in fact, you know, I feel friendship toward you. I'm sentimental toward you. And so I'm going to give you this. Whereas Jerry is trying crazily to not signal the fact that he really wants to have a romantic relationship with her, but is afraid of saying so because he doesn't want to lose the friendship that they've shared for many years. And so he goes to perhaps the least sentimental thing you can give somebody, which is money. Okay, so so they decide that they really don't want 
to do that. Instead, indeed, what happens more often than not, according to brand new research in the Journal of Consumer Psychology, is if we're given the choice between giving sentimentally valuable gifts and gifts that have superficial attributes that match the preferences of, of the recipient, we tend to more often give the gift that has the superficial attributes than the, than the one that has sentimental value. So to the uh, person on Twitter who says, says, well, what's the matter with a distributed list of things you want from Amazon? Well, the problem with that is it's not sentimental. And people want the sentimental choice more often than not. That's why I've always been puzzled by wedding registries. Right? Everyone can see what the gifts are. Everyone can see that they don't have any sentimental value. They typically are things that the couple is saying we need for our house. Right? And they, they, they don't represent anything sentimental. So I think, in fact, that wedding gifts are typically a little less desirable than than wedding than these than Christmas gifts that come from a family member that express sentimentality. So as we as we come up here on the you know toward the end of the first half of this show, let me if you do need to go away after this, come back and listen to the to the second hour because I got more tips for you. But let me leave you with this one: If you're buying a gift for someone who's close to you, and the choice is between something they say they really want and something of sentimental value you might want to lean a little bit more toward the sentimental piece than toward that thing which is out there. And that's actually not just based on, on an economist saying so. That's based on, on several consumer psychology studies that have been done over the last decade. You might want to go in that direction instead. More tips for you coming up after this on The King Banyan Show, Christmas edition on Business 1440. Roast the turkey. You don't have time to fight the mall crowds or shop at a store where you may not get the attention you need. Listen, you deserve Wixen Jewelers. Wixen's highly trained staff will really take care of you. They'll help you choose the perfect gift, even if you're not sure what that is. When she opens the box from Wixen's, she'll think you shop for weeks. And you'll remember how easy it really was. Wixen Jewelers, just off 35W at 99th and Lindale, Bloomington. Online at wixenjewelers.com. Open today 9 to 6 and tomorrow Christmas Eve 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Tune in to Investing for Success with Mark Pearson every day for your dose of dollars and cents. Dollars and Cents is our daily segment that takes a candid look at what makes no sense, what's a bunch of nonsense, and how to use a little common sense when it comes to investing and financial matters. We look at the full spectrum of today's hottest topics, from investments to insurance, college payments to major purchases, Dollars and Cents digs into the no sense, the nonsense, and the common sense so you can make better sense of it all. Get the answers to your important questions, gain some financial peace of mind, and have some fun. It's Dollars and Cents with Mark Pearson during Investing for Success from 4 to 5 p.m. every day, right here on Business 1440, the Wall Street Business Network. That's Investing for Success with Mark Pearson every day from 4 to 5 p.m. on Business 1440 on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Teresa Morrow, the Vice President of External Relations with the Minneapolis Foundation. You know, WNAV has done a lot of pretty significant sized events for us, and they do everything from sound and lights to the audio to videotaping to making sure that all the performers look and sound right. As an event person, you really sweat the details, and when I work with WNAV, I don't worry about that stuff. They always come through for me, whether it's an event for 1,500 people or it's an intimate event, and all I need is a microphone and a sound system. They can do that full range for me. Probably the greatest thing about WNAV, not only are they early, they're usually there before I am. They scout it ahead of time. They're prepared for what your event is. And I know I can count on WNAV 100% of the time, and I do. Hi, I'm Mark, president of WNAV Audiovisual, where your meeting is our business. Online at wnav-video.com. When it comes down to investing your hard-earned money the right way, you need honest answers. 
There is no need to be intimidated or embarrassed. Learn the skills to understand how the markets work to get the best results. Hi, this is Marty Young from Online Trading Academy. Join us for a free investing class by dialing pound 250 on your cell phone and use keyword OTA. Again, pound 250 on your cell phone, use keyword OTA, or go to learnwithota.com. Business 1440 KYCR Golden Valley, a service of Salem Media Group.